This is the Data Privacy Detective, and today we're talking again about data localization with an eye on Russia. And with us again is uh, my colleague, uh, Hugo Nagashima at our Washington, D.C. office. Hugo, thanks for joining us again. Thank you for re-inviting me. Well, Russia, you know, for years it was a centuries. It was a uh, czarist dictatorship and then uh, uh, the Soviet Union for about 75 years and then the uh, burst of elections and Boris Yeltsin, and Vladimir Putin, and that's evolved to what it is today. And we're going to talk about it in relation to personal privacy and the data of people. And when did does Russia have a, a uh, personal data protection law? It does. It has a federal comprehensive uh, personal protection law. Governs all sectors uh, and and protecting Russian citizens, right? That's correct. This goes back about six years. We're in 2021 now. This was adopted in September 2015. And as to data localization, uh, uh, Yugo, what does the law require? So it requires data operators and Important point, it's not the controllers. It's, I think, broader than that. Uh, yeah, data operators is a different term from GDPR language, which is data controllers. It's sort of the ones that collect and keep, and data processors that outsource, uh, you know, provide right. outsource service. So here we have data operators, sort of a, it sounds like a combination of controllers and processors. But anyway, what do they have to do? So if they collect, process, or store Russian citizens' information, they have to store it in a database that is located in Russia. Located in Russia, that practically means uh, a server uh, located within the Russian Federation. That's right. Okay. So there you have it. And I, it's at all times, the, uh, the, the collection of the database there in Russia uh, has to be at least as comprehensive as a database kept outside of Russia about the same people, right? That's right, which means you can have information on a outside server, a server outside of Russia, but the Russian server has to have at least the same amount or more information located in Russia. And at all times. So what that means is a practical matter, literally, is that means the collection has to be in Russia. So let's say somebody goes to a a website, a global website, a Russian citizen goes there and it orders something or it, uh, provides information or posts a resume or who knows what, but personal data is being transferred outside of Russia. Let's just say it's collected then uh, wherever this uh, foreign website is, and then they set up uh, a, a, a website, I'm sorry, a, a server in Russia that holds it. They violated the law because at all times it wasn't for a microsecond, perhaps, it wasn't in Russia when it was outside the country. So it's an interesting twist. So that's how the law is written, right? That's correct. And as it started out, um, it was the uh, the uh, data protection agency there, uh, Roskomnadzor, uh, was it able to find people and uh, businesses or, uh, or what? So that's an interesting point because when the law was first enacted, uh, enacted in 2015, the only ability the agency had was to block websites. There were stop no stop the website, literally block it, so people can. Uh, interesting. And then in 2019, the law changed to allow what? 
uh, to have fines. And the fines can range anywhere between $30,000 to $300,000 if you're a repeat offender. Okay, well, that's not much compared to the GDPR, what, four times global revenue, <laughs> potentially, right. but you know, multi-million euro fines have been levied in the European Union. That sounds modest, but it's still real, and there's reputational risk, and the Russian authorities are concerned. And then in July of 2021, what, how was the law strengthened further for localization? So this created a... Uh... A physical requirement, a requirement for, and it's for social media companies, it, uh, to have a Russian local office. So Facebook or TikTok or anybody involved in social media literally has to open a Russian office. It's not enough to uh, have a website in uh, their own country and uh, have a server in Russia. They actually have to open there. They have to file a notification and make information available, right? That's right. They have to have employees in the office in Russia and go through the you know, corporate establishment. That's correct. Well, before the fines came in, what happened to LinkedIn? Well, uh, LinkedIn uh, back in 2016 uh, did not comply with uh, some of the notices from the uh, data protection, the DPA of Russia, and uh, they were ultimately blocked uh, by the Russian government. Literally blocked. So uh, presumably some Russian citizens posted things on LinkedIn, as uh, people do. And uh, LinkedIn did not have a Russian server. And that's a violation of the 2000. But the only uh, the only result was uh, they're blocked out of the country. And so along came the fines, which was uh, it made it easier for the Russian government to say, we're not blocking anybody. We're just going to fine people that you have to comply with the law, something like that. And have there been fines imposed on uh, foreign companies since the uh, fines are allowed. Yes, there has. And uh, some of the good examples of famous companies we know are Facebook and Twitter. And Facebook has been fined about $250,000 uh, and Twitter $230,000 uh, for their apps. So companies have been fined. Okay, but not blocked. And so uh, I, I, it is true that uh, foreign companies, uh, and I understand there are about 600, something like that, by the middle of 2021 that have actually registered and have foreign offices, uh, including some of the giants like uh, PayPal and uh, Samsung and others. But 600 in a global number of companies in the millions. Uh, so it's, it's, would you say it's more or fewer than China? Or to say it a little differently, how do you rate Russia uh, when we compare China, very tightly controlled uh, system, uh, and let's just take the U.S., which is a much freer form of uh, global enterprise? Where, 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 how should we think about Russia? Russia would be uh, somewhere in between U.S. and China, closer to the China side but not quite as far as China, uh, because um, there are other companies who have complied with the uh, Russian, Russian DPA. Microsoft, an example, Apple, Samsung, they successfully complied. So uh, it isn't, I think, as tough as the requirements that the Chinese government places on foreign companies. Yeah, and no, not uh, the kind of requirements of turning over all uh, encryption uh, algorithms and other things to the Chinese government that's required. Whereas Russia, it's more uh, complying with the, the rules. 
uh, of right. Russia and allowing the Russian government to see the data that the Russian government uh, uh, wants to see about its own citizens. That's right. So hard to say where it's all headed. Why do you think Russia's taking this approach? What's behind this? Well, I think that goes to the theme of the data protection, uh, the, the data localization we've been talking for three episodes. And it goes back to having this concept of state sovereignty over the internet. We've seen China do it. We've seen India do it. I think Russia has some of that. And economic protectionism, I think we discuss a lot with uh, China and India on this, but Russia also believes that uh, having data localization, requiring companies, foreign companies to keep the data in Russia would protect the Russian market from foreign companies. And of course, Russia would argue, as any government would, that part of its role is to protect protect the data privacy of its own citizens. And if foreign companies or governments, for that matter, get a hold of the personal information of Russian citizens, that exposes Russia to a national security threat. It's a, a commonly stated purpose. And so these are all mixed together, but it does question, it raises the question, where is the internet heading? Are we going to end up in nationally bounded uh, uh, prisons of data? Uh, or will we have some middle ground, a bit like Russia, where you have to register? But then, of course, you have at least the question, what's going to happen when the foreign companies that have signed up in Russia are asked by the Russian government to give all the data of uh, somebody uh, that the Russian government might not uh, approve of? And uh, we'll see where it's all headed. What are your closing thoughts on data localization and Russia, Hugo? So I, I think it goes back to the very first point we opened with uh, when we started with China, which is we have two schools of thought. We have the more the GDPR thought that there should be a way to export data and at the same time protect the privacy of the individual. And then we have the data protectionism slash data localization concept, which is, no, no, you can only keep data safe if it's in one country. Um, we don't know the answer of what's, what's going to happen, but the internet has been a place where data could tra be transferred across borders freely. And that's what made everyone benefit from it. So if I were to put my money on it, uh, I think eventually all countries will reach a point where there can be data export between different countries. And of course, uh, governments, no matter uh, who they may be, will always be interested in protecting the national security of the country, sometimes the personal security of a dictator, if uh, the dictator is running the country. Uh, I'm not suggesting Russia's a dictatorship, but uh, this is uh, part of the, the problem with the internet, which once, uh, when it started, promised that People everywhere could just communicate across borders without any restrictions. And we're seeing because of the world of nationalism that we actually live in, this uh, isn't 100% the case. Well, thank you for joining us today, uh, Hugo, for an interesting uh, tour of Russia. And next time, we're going to look at Oz, the country of Australia. Very yes, different. Thank you so much. Territory. Thanks so much for joining me. And as always, I'll close by reminding us all, protecting your personal data begins with you.